0: This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Our program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. And now, here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley, our co-host is Bridget Aaron.
1: Hello, Jim, hello everyone. Thanks for tuning in and being with us today.
0: And we've got a, a great program. I think people are going to be really, really interested Fascinated uh, by what we have today, but let's begin with a prayer uh, as we always do here. Let's start with the prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the, the hearts, hearts of us, are your faithful, and, and kindle in us the fire of your, fire of your love. Send, Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and, and you, you shall renew the face of the, of the earth. earth. Let us pray. O, o God, God, who, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful. grant Grant that by that that same Holy Spirit Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ Christ our Lord, amen.
1: Well, today this is definitely one of those Holy Spirit um, programs. Um, We're going to be talking about how a car accident brought about um, a conversion and an encounter with God with our guest today. Um, We're going to be talking with our guest, former airline pilot Ed Josa. Um, he's also author of Mystic Next Door. So welcome to Faith in Action, Ed.
2: Thank you. It's an uh, awesome and uh, honor to be here.
1: Well, I mentioned that you were an airline pilot,
2: yeah.
1: um, and you kind of described yourself as an ordinary guy, but you you, you were Catholic, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm a cradle Catholic, yeah. So
1: So give us... Just give us a quick overview of your life prior to the accident that you were involved in.
2: So I, I grew up in uh, Western Pennsylvania and, and uh, married my high school sweetheart, um, and then we moved out here actually for my first airline job. Uh, we, you know, we would have uh, most likely stayed back there, but we moved out here. Um, and uh, you know, we were we met in our church youth group, I, 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 and we, you know, that was uh, we're very we're very passionate about, you know, trying to get things like that gone for the youth today. But, um, you know, we, we went to church, uh, unless there was something really important going on. And I say that now and I'm, <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's, it, but you, you know, and, and, uh, I had three, you know, beautiful wife, three kids. We had a nice house. We had all the things. We had nice cars. We, I, I, I was good at what I did. I strove to be better at what I did. I earned great money. I, I, I Worried about the kids and their sports and their futures, and, and and I did all that stuff. But I mean, I I was a good guy by the standards of of society of the world, mm-hmm. and and I, I realized after the wreck, now from my experiences, <laughs> that that being a good guy by the world standards and being a good guy by God's standards are completely different and and lacking. It, it, you know mm-hmm. and so that's when i say i was an ordinary guy i was i was the guy that i was focused on the things of this world
0: i, I i'm just guessing you said early on that you got to mass most of the time unless there was something more important right. going on yeah. i'm yeah. guessing yeah. that maybe since the accident <laughs> you realize that you know yeah.
2: what there's nothing no I more to, important I, uh, going on ever no never and, and that's why i said i was embarrassed and and of course you know i went to i went to mass this morning because i knew i needed it to to make sure that I could give what the Lord wants me to give today.
1: All right, so you're from the Cicero area, and that's just north of Indianapolis, roughly, right? Yeah.
2: So when we moved here from the Pittsburgh area, we we've kind of moved all around the north side. But right now, yeah, we reside uh, outside of Cicero, but yeah, we're we're up in that area.
1: Okay. So talk, tell us, tell the audience what happened to you. Were driving somewhere? Yeah.
2: So I was. Thankfully, again, the way the Lord works, He works in our lives every day. He guides us moment by moment. It's something I realize now that I didn't then. But um, it, my, my wife came out. I was cutting the grass. We have a, a big. I have a big giant tractor, and, and she came out and said, uh, "Hey, you know, it's time to take the kids. At the time they were young and they didn't drive, but it was time to take them to uh, uh, track practice." And uh, she said, "You want me to go?" And I said, "No, I'll go." And again, that's first blessing right there. Um, because of the way I was built is why I survived my wife would have died there's no question about it um so we left I I picked picked up a neighbor boy and we we left and we weren't we weren't a quarter mile from the house when we got in a in a head-on collision and mostly head-on it was the, the impact was between the driver's side headlight and my door so sort of a glancing quartering hit which is apparently the worst you can get so um uh I uh, thankfully the, the The injuries were relatively minor, broken bones, a concussion, uh, some inner ear damage to the kids, to the three kids that were in the car. Uh, Thankfully, it was uh, confined to me, Uh, and I ended up being trapped in the car uh, for uh, two and a half hours and then another hour in the ambulance before they life-flighted me out trying to stabilize me. Um, And in that time, nearly... uh, Nearly every bone. You know, I, I I tried counting it the other night, thinking about this uh, interview, and I think it was somewhere around uh, thirteen bones, ten vertebrae were were broken, uh, ligaments, tendons, muscles all through my body collapsed. Both lungs were collapsed. Ruptured spleen, uh, abrasions on the rest of my organs, uh, compound fractures that were sheared off. I, I mean, it just was a staggering list of things that had happened, and my doctors have all said and a lot of my injuries were difficult because they had never seen them on anybody but a cadaver. So they had no idea how to fix some of the things. Um, again, the, the, the level of uh, my ruptured spleen was a 20-minute survival, and I, I, it took five hours to get me to surgery. So a miracle after miracle in that. But
1: We're talking with Ed Josa. And we're talking about um, his experience of a car accident and what how that catapulted him to God. And, and you've actually talked about this whole um, experience in a book that you wrote, The Mystic Next Door. Um, how did you come up with the title and what does it mean exactly?
2: So the, <laughs> the title was a, a kind of a collaboration. Uh, I have a, f- a friend, uh, Ming and Lori Lowe, who were kind of a catalyst for this for various reasons, but Lori had done some writing before, and uh, when I put all of this together, it was in a series of short stories, um, and she helped me combine them and then polish them up because pilots aren't necessarily the best wordsmiths, so. You can um, fly, but (laughs) maybe not over the keyboard. Yeah, caveman talk, I get (laughs) a lot. So um, when it was all done, uh, I I had originally titled it The the Story of My Salvation, but uh, they, others felt that the mystic next door fit better because I was just the guy next door. I was that regular guy, right? I was living by the world mm-hmm. standards. I wasn't a bad guy. I wasn't killing people. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't stealing. I wasn't doing that. I, by, by the world standards, I was a good guy. But then God let me see these visions. He took me to these places um, that we read about in the Bible, in, in Revelation, in, we read about with the saints. and. and we, I got to live that mystical experience. And so the idea behind it is, and, and St. Ignatius of Loyola talks about this uh, quite often in his writing, that we're all capable of mystics. And you know, I thought today at Mass, everybody that attends Mass and believes is a mystic because they're seeing that veil be lifted and heaven comes down and touches that host and that blood and it mm-hmm. becomes body, but of of Christ. Mhm. So uh, so yeah. It's really we,
1: it's really amazing if you actually think about what's happening at the mass. I mean, and it, we, we 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 take part in it so we
2: take it for granted. Yeah,
1: and so lightly.
2: Lightly. And 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 so we're all mystics. Anyone who's experienced that is a mystic. So, and St. Loyola was right. He we are capable, all of us are capable. Again, God has to touch us. This isn't something that I ask for, and it's not something I command. When I have a vision, still, it isn't because I ask for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, honestly, most of them recently have come while I was brushing my teeth. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you're not really even thinking about it, but mm-hmm. but they come to you. So uh, we're all capable of that through God.
0: Now, now, in your accident there, you said you were trapped in the car for quite a while. Is were
2: you conscious during that yeah, time? I never or? lost consciousness ever. Um, and, and, and immediately, um, and this will come to play as we get into the story. Um, I immediately understood that where I was in this world was not real, that this was not real. And I didn't understand it. And we will talk about it. That'll be a little teaser for everybody to to hang in there. Um, we'll talk about it.
1: So I'm, I'm curious, um, give us a quick overview. I know this is impossible, but. You had some experiences after you got to the hospital. You're not really sure of the time frame, but you suffered quite a bit, um, yeah. I guess, basically putting you back together.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I had uh, seven surgeries in the first seven days. I was on a ventilator because of the two collapsed lungs. I was conscious during a good bit of that time. Um and uh, just a, a myriad. I had, I had bones that had poked through all of my skin and had been sheared off. I had you know, uh, the skin torn off my back. I, had, uh, I, I couldn't breathe. I suffocated for two and a half hours. I, I mean, just on and on. And, and so in the recovery, yeah. Uh, the first experience, uh, I, I didn't understand when it happened, but um, it, 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 I believe now after you know, contemplating and praying on it that, that it happened at the moment of impact. And and so to understand this, you have to understand that where I went when I left this world and went to the, to to the other world, the, the world that Jesus was from when he said he's not of this world. Um, God lives, he's timeless. There is no time there. So when we leave this world, time ceases, and, and you can feel that. And I don't, I can't explain it, but, uh, I when I did had these experiences. When I look at the volume of of material that I covered in these experiences, it it would have taken a lifetime, but it it was in a it was in a moment, and so the first experience I uh, I was in the hospital bed. It was after I was out of the ICU. I spent seven days in the ICU. I was in a in a down unit, and I was completely saturated with pain. When I say I was saturated, I mean the idea of somebody walking in the room was more than I could physically stand because it that extra stimulus was beyond my control. So uh, I, my family had gone home finally, you know, people that were by my bed all day, every day, every night. Um, I, I was able to send them home when I got to the step-down unit. And as I lay on that bed, I just kind of stared at the wall because I, I, not even at a picture, I just stared at the wall. And on that wall, this, uh, there was this bright, it looked like a bright square, very small, like, like a, the size of a credit card. hmm and as I looked at it, I I seemed to be transported in through it, and then I was looking down on a scene that I suddenly remembered. It was a memory, and then at that moment I was living it, and it was no longer a memory, it was real. And I, uh, I, I'll i keep it brief. I encourage the folks to read the books or or to try to come to one of my talks because I have you know more time to speak of it. But um, I went to a place where my... My vision was clearer than I have ever seen before. It was so clear that it almost hurt. And I, was, I as I said, I was in a timeless space, and I was unable to move. My body wasn't there. It was just, it was just me. It was what I understand to be my soul now. And uh, I understood that God had left me. Or maybe I had left God would be a better way to say that. But in any case, I realized at that point that God holds all of our souls. Because I, I have to tell you all, I am no different than anybody else. And so when these experiences happened to me, it was made known to me that that, that I'm not any different and that this is, is true for everyone. God holds all of our souls. I didn't know it. He held it for 46 years. He had held my soul. And in the moment, it was gone. And that's all I could feel was the absence of him, and and it was horrifying. And when I say it was horrifying, everything that happens in this other realm, this other world, there are not human words to describe them. So when I say horrifying, it's the only word that I know. It, it was worse than anything I could imagine. I lost God's touch, and the other thing, I I I knew there was an entity with me, and and. I had always heard that uh, hell was the loss of God, and, and so I asked, am I in hell? And, and he flatly said no. And then I said, well, am I in purgatory? And he, he said no, and he chuckled a little bit, and I never understood it until after I came back and I started studying that the other thing that I realized is, well, I had the knowledge of the world. I, I had more knowledge than had any, anything that you knew, I, I knew. I, um, I, I was not able to pray. I, I didn't know prayer existed. And so in contemplating and praying and reading about the saints and reading through Scripture, I understand now that prayer wells up in our soul from God. Mm. And so if God is not there, we can't pray. So I asked the, the entity, I, I said, well, I, I, I knew that I was going to be there forever. I knew that. And I had a crushing weight. While I didn't see all of my sins like other people, they saw all of their sins, I felt the weight of every sin that I had ever had, and it was a horrible burden. It was the regret and the remorse and the of knowing that you made the mistakes and this is it. You can't change it. You're there. This is forever. And the, the entity, uh, I asked him, I, I said, I didn't want to be there. I said, how, how, can, you know, how do I get out? And he said that that it's up to me. And I said, what do I do to get out? And he said, that's up to you, you know. And, and um, he was gone. And, and then I realized that, that uh, yeah, this is it. This is my lot. This is what I chose. I knew that. I knew I chose it. And, and uh, I, I looked up at the ceiling, and the, and the ceiling was just a, just, uh, uh, you can read the book to describe it, but it, it, it was horrifying to look at. And, and I couldn't take my gaze off of it. And then I could feel in my soul a burning, like a laser burning deep. And, and it felt a million miles deep. My soul felt so deep. And this burning was painful. And it, it just, it was horrifying. And it was forever. And so I, was, I had all this knowledge. And I knew I could get out. So I started thinking about, I was doing math problems like the, on the chalkboard you know, like on the movies. I was doing those in my head. I was reciting poetry. I did all of, all of Shakespeare. I did all of it. I, I can't even tell you that I read more than one in high school. <laughs> I, I did every amount of logic problems that I don't understand. I, did, I exhausted the knowledge of the world. So imagine how long that was. But it was, it was a moment. It was, I can't even explain it. But at some point I gave up and I resigned myself that this is where I belong because of the choices I made in life. And and this is where I would be forever. And and and, and I accepted that lot. And at that moment, that horror of the ceiling, it started to light and it started to fade. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're doing it. it, it it's going away. I said, keep it up. And then I realized, I'm not doing anything. I can't do anything to get out. And then it vanished. Everything crumbled around. And I was laying in this most lush green field, greener than I've ever seen, looking into a sky that was bluer than than any sky i've seen and it was peaceful and that entity was back although i never saw him i knew he was back and i and and i said am i out and he said you're out and i and i said is this real and he said this is real and then at that moment i i kind of came back through that tunnel that i went through and i was in my hospital bed and i looked at the clock and uh, if a second moved i don't know that it did all of that happened i spent an eternity in a place of horror. hmm
1: We need to take a break. There is more to the story, so uh, stay tuned for more uh, Faith in Action.
2: You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. You know us as Catholic Radio Indy, but we're so much more than just radio. We're a voice for the church that's seldom heard in our chaotic world. We're confirmation for the strong of faith and encouragement and answers for those in doubt. We're there to rejoice with your triumphs and to be a voice of consolation through the dark times. We're a voice for vocations and proudly pro-life. We are Catholic Radio Indy and CatholicRadioIndy.org.
0: Ever since we've been on the air at Catholic Radio, we've always wanted to have billboards, but they just don't fit in our budget. And since you'll probably never see a real billboard for us, I'm gonna ask you to do something, to imagine one. In your mind, picture a large, empty billboard. Yeah, that's it. Now pick a background color, any color at all. Okay, then across the top of your billboard, put just two words, Catholic Radio. Make them really big. Then below that, in even bigger letters, 89.1 and 90.9 FM Wow, that's a great billboard Now, if this billboard were real all of your friends and neighbors could see it and they know all about Catholic Radio But since it's only an imaginary billboard, we're going to have to depend on you to tell your friends about Catholic Radio Remember, Catholic Radio 89.1 and 90.9 FM Oh, and by the way nice choice on that background color It really looks good You're on a journey, in a race, in the company of others.
1: Imperfection makes you human. Forgiveness offers life, and opportunity brings hope.
0: Good news and great company. Catholic Radio Indy.
1: Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Brigidaire. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we're talking with our guest, Ed Josa. He is uh, author of The Mystic Next Door, and he's talking about his experience after a car accident, um, what he suffered, and how he encountered god uh i want to ask you you know people
0: usually think of mystics as something um, situations that happened years ago or in faraway places etc this is
1: yeah, and this happened in what twenty seventeen was your yeah, car accident? Yeah,
2: it happened in, in Indiana, in a hospital, <laughs> and, and you know, on the road, on a, in a car wreck. You know.
1: So, what do you think God is trying to communicate to you, and what does He want you to communicate to others through this experience that you went through? Right.
2: So, as awful as that experience was that I just told you about, uh, um, it was just a preparation, I believe, uh, a, a cleansing of my soul, because the next night. I would have an experience where uh, I, I, I was able to, <laughs> I, I was, I closed my eyes to sleep, and I, I, I was peering into the, into the pit of hell, and, and it was horrifying in a whole different sense, and I opened them, and I, I started thinking I had brain damage, and um, again, I closed my eyes, and I, I'm peering into hell, and so I, I, pray, to, I pray to Jesus, I, I ask him to send the Holy Spirit to take those visions away, but I was afraid to close my eyes, uh, I didn't have faith, um, so I prayed to him about his passion, and I, I understood for the first time in my life, uh, my hands and feet had been pierced, my, my skin was torn off my back, I suffocated for two and a half hours. Now, again, I was just a, it was just a taste, just a taste of what he experienced for us. And I talked to him for about an hour, and then finally I decided I, hey, maybe the Holy Spirit came, and I, I didn't think about the visions of hell that I was seeing. So I closed my eyes, and in front of me was this beautiful ball of light. And, of course, I immediately opened it, and I thought I had brain damage. And so I was getting ready to hit the call button, and an audible voice just to my left, loud, just like we're talking, said, look at it. It is the Holy Spirit. And now I knew. I knew that I had brain damage. So as as I'm getting ready to push that button, the voice goes into my head, and it says, look at it. It is the Holy Spirit. It pleaded with me. So I closed my eyes, and I looked at it. And I was transported into the vastness of space. And a lot of the similarities in the fact that I was in a timeless place now, but I felt... I felt the love and power of the Holy Spirit. It was just absolutely beautiful. And I did look at it, and as I, as I was transported out to it, it grew to an enormous size. It was just so beautiful. It was covered with a beautiful veil. It was so bright you couldn't look at it, but this veil allowed me to, to see it. And, and scriptures flooded me, and I understood that you know, like, there was no, there's no battle between God and the enemy. That battle was won a long time ago. The battle was between man and the enemy, and God is the ultimate. There's no fighting that force. I mean, he's just the ultimate power, and, and, and as I looked at it, I could feel the love. I could feel love on my skin. Now, we've all felt loved, right? We know that emotion. I felt it like sun rays. I felt love. I felt the power. I felt mercy. I felt it like it was an audible or a, a, a tactile on my skin. And and I wanted to stay there forever. I was at peace. I was not in pain anymore. And I never wanted to leave. Now, I love my family dearly, and I knew that you know I, I need to be there for them. But this love, this peace, this joy, now I know I was not in heaven. I know that. I was just in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I say just. <laughs> <laughs> but But heaven is more. Mm. And and I, and I never wanted to leave. And at, at one point, it touches my soul, and I shared the the prayer of union uh, with the Holy Spirit. And again, in much more detail in the book. But um, I came back, and 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 the, what is left with me? I used to try to figure out what my mission was, what I, what He wanted me to do. And I used to think you like tap you on the shoulder and say, "This is what I want you to do." But my mission, I I finally resigned to the fact is. I I wake up every morning and I say, you know, Lord, let my will conform to yours. And and whatever he tells me he wants me to do that day, that becomes my mission. That day. Today it was to come and talk with you guys. I don't know what it will be tomorrow or the next.
1: And you do um, give talks at uh, groups or pair. You'll talk to anybody, right?
2: uh, One person (laughs) or a million. uh, I'll, I'll tell it the same way. It's an important message um i again you, you you know i have the website you can contact me through that get the book and read it uh i'll come to churches i'll come to houses <laughs> that's what he calls me to do mm-hmm. just like you called me i mean out of the blue
1: right and that's a whole other story i for people listening um give us the title of the book and give us your website so people can go there and know how to connect with you. I think there's other things on your website as yeah, well. Yeah, there's,
2: there's all kind of stuff there. But uh, the book is called The Mystic Next Door, and you can get that through my website. It's also on Amazon and Kindle. Uh, so The Mystic Next Door, and uh, the website is presenceofgodencounters.com. That's presence like he's here with you, not like a <laughs> gift. But,
1: so yeah. in about we've got about three minutes left or so. Um, I guess what's your takeaway from all this that's happening? I mean, I know every day you're waking up and and do and listening as best you can to do the will so, of God.
2: So it, again, I I don't have any theological training, and I'm just I'm just a guy still. And again, I'm the least important part of this story. It's not my story. It's God's story, and I don't know why He chose for me to tell it, but I'm going to tell it. Um, but I I know now, and I understand that we can't just go through life uh, being the good guy by by the world standards. I strive to be the good guy by God's standards, and I understand that even no matter what I do on this earth, it'll take Jesus's mercy for me to enter into heaven.
1: So this is available for everyone to really just kind of wake up and it, get their act together, right? <laughs> it's it, it
2: just we focus on the wrong things, and, and we, we pay little attention to the things that are truly important, and so I try to awaken people to that. And, and this message means something different to everyone who hears it. Some people hear one part, and some people hear the other part, and it's the way the Holy Spirit works.
1: No question. Um, our guest today has been Ed Josa, uh, author of The Mystic Next Door. You can get a copy of that at presenceofgodencounters.com. Ed, it's been a, a true, interesting, and a pleasure pleasurable story well, I, to hear. I, uh, I think a lot of people will be blown away, and um, there's a lot more detail in the book, and I'm sure yeah. your, your talks are really interesting.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I, if you ever see or hear one come to it, I'd love to have you talk to you afterwards. But uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. This has been a great blessing for me.
1: Thanks for being our guest today. God bless you. Thank
2: you. You've been listening to Faith in Action,
0: the program that looks at how everyday people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. This program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. If you have suggestions for topics or guests for this program, contact Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call us at three one seven eight seven zero eighty four hundred.